Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. It's a beautiful Wednesday morning. We're recording a little early because today I had to set aside some stuff because we got a great show for you. And as usual, guys, this is Get It Right with Alex Himes. Thank you again for tuning in on 93.9 FM radio at Radio Lex. And to everyone on YouTube, like and subscribe as usual because, you know, I got to get some love in here for me too. And today... On this great program, I am bringing in a fellow New Englander. Well, I say fellow even though I'm not from there, but still it counts because, you know, half-assed. And today, he is wearing a Kemba greater than Kyrie shirt, and I couldn't be happier. So, everyone, please give a warm welcome to Tyler James. Tyler, how's it going, my friend? What's going on, man? How you doing? It's another beautiful day in paradise, right? Yeah, up in uh, up in New England, finally get some warm weather, so I can't complain. There we go. It's a good start. And you know why it's a great start? Why? It's a great start because we had to tell the fans a little bit about you. So Tyler runs the Celtics Social. For those of you who do follow Celtics accounts and are avid Celtics fans or NBA fans as a whole, please go check out Celtics Social right now on Instagram. It's a great account. You get your Celtics updates, all your time, drive-by needs, anything you need. So Tyler, tell them a little bit about yourself. Yeah, obviously diehard Celtics fan, diehard NBA fan, um, running the Celtics social account for a couple of years now. Had some good luck with it. It's a good fan site. Got some, got some apparel. You know, some of the players wear it. Um, you know, IT, a big supporter. You know, miss him for sure. I hope he gets Isaiah jobs. Thomas. Yeah. Just hey, know. Thomas. Tyler yeah. is mentioning you right now. I got your jersey still up on the wall. I'm still trying to get you on the show. I love you, man. Please get on the show. And have me on when you get on there as well. So. <laughs> Perfect. But yeah, I uh, just been running it since about actually he actually was the inspiration behind it. I was um, doing Celtic sites way back in the day, you know, not that I'm that old, but way back in the day. And then IT came around and just got inspired again, started the website up and, it's, you know, it's been good ever since. You know, I'm going to diverge from what we were actually going to discuss real quick and bring that up because you mentioned that Isaiah part where he brought the fire and the heart back into it. I've yep. talked to this. Uh, I've talked about this on my other shows as well, but. People really don't understand. Isaiah Thomas really brought back the light, the energy, and the he brought back that love for Celtics fans. He really yeah. was that face after the Big Three era. You know, we ended up having Marcus Smart. We got young guys. We had Chris Humphreys for a minute. And time passed. We ended up getting a guy who really was a blue-collar hard worker, became an MVP candidate with us, and at this moment is still looking for a job. So I'll pass this off to you, man. Do you think Isaiah Thomas will ever be donning the green again? I don't. I don't. I, I pushed for it many times. I've almost started the campaigns for it. You know, I've really tried to get him back on here. I just, I don't think Danny Ainge sees it as a fit, unfortunately, which I'm not going to, you know, hate on Brad Wanamaker or guys like that, but I, I really would like an IT presence off the bench right now. But, uh, I will give credit to where credit's due. Danny H probably knows a little bit more than me, so I'm going to take his opinion over mine. However, to get more to what you're saying, I think people have short memories, man. That's the problem. They have short memories. They forget what he did. They forget what he's capable of. We're not telling him to go over there and be a defensive player of the year. I mean, whatever team gets him, they know what they're getting, but people forget what he did for Boston. And, you know, you could argue a lot of those games that he played and people watched, they were just as exciting as the big three era. Some people would argue it was even more exciting for that just because yeah. of how caller it was you know how underrated they were and how much of an underdog he was so uh i wish people didn't have such short memories and just forget how much he did for boston i know the real fans still respect what he did but they just got to remember man like he you know if if not for that just he deserves some type of job in the nba and i you know i definitely wish him the best for sure there were two 
moments in Celtics history in my life that really moved me, right? And I'm not talking about the championship because that, of course, moved everyone. But watching Pierce hit that three in Boston, the last three he would ever take, and hearing the announcer say his name the way we would always hear it and watching fans give the standing O, watching him kiss the ground and saying goodbye and crying, that got me to move. That moved me. And then the second was when Isaiah dropped 52 in the postseason after the passing of his sister. Like All Celtics fans that game were tuned in, locked in, and were locked in for Isaiah. It wasn't for the Celtics. It was for Isaiah. Mm-hmm. And that moment, to me, sticks out as one of the best moments in the last 10 years in Celtics history. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, that's, that's, that's sports. Sometimes you can't even write a better script. Obviously, it was a tragic day, and what he did was just so amazing. And um, and I just really hope you know we can get back to that at some point. Uh, in and I and I don't really want to say people forgot about him. It's just you know I think he still knows how much fans love, how much Boston fans have love for him. So let's hope he comes back in a uniform, even if it's as a player coach. I don't really care. Just get him back here at some point. Look, our bench mob has one of the worst scoring outputs in the NBA. We are exactly. lucky that we have four starters that are averaging over 20 a game and we have daniel tice who has just picked up the slack people sleep on how impactful daniel tice is for the celtic system he's undersized but he's that valuable with what he does but the celtics need a scorer off the bench i thought for a while that a guy like jamal crawford made perfect sense to bring in for the deep run in the postseason you have a guy that can create his own shot off the bench and with Isaiah Thomas, the bigger difference is he's been in the Brad Stevens system. He knows what he would need to do for the Celtics. I'm sure he would accept a role off the bench for the team. So I don't understand. I guess it's because I'm not also a player development guy. I'm also not a scout for these teams. And I'm also not a general manager. So I don't look and evaluate these things the same way they would. But looking at the equation, it seems like Isaiah Thomas would be a surefire fit for this Celtics team. Exactly. And if not just for the fact that the spark he would bring, the inspiration he would bring, just everything that he brings, you know, besides his gameplay. The only thing I can maybe see is, you know, where I kind of see why the Celtics aren't is because no other teams really grab him either. So maybe there's just something we don't know. Maybe there's just something a little bit of a deeper issue. Maybe he's, you know, still somewhat hurt. I don't know. The fact that no other team has given him a chance, especially when people are opting out, like Avery Bradley left and right, you know, I don't understand why he's not getting the role. Um, I think it's more inside information that we just don't know, but that's the only reason I can see like, uh, okay, maybe Ainge has a point if, you know, no one else is really picking up on him, but you know, he, I just can't even imagine how crazy that first game he would be. And if he was walking in on the court off the bench, how just crazy. Well, we're not going to have fans. <laughs> imagine in the garden, in the garden. No, we're going to have fans. So we might have to scratch that actually after all. In the garden, though, if he walked out on the court dressed in green again, oh. it would be a standing O. You know he would drop probably like 10 in the quarter just for the hell of it. You know he would. He's, and that, that's what I loved. Isaiah had his minutes. And, you know, I'm, I'm going into my Isaiah Thomas schlep, which I yeah, always do. do that all day. I yeah, I mean, it's just he's that guy. There's nothing bad to be said about Isaiah Thomas. Not one. Not <sighs> one. All right, so we're talking about the NBA bubble and why teams should have signed Isaiah Thomas because they're going into the bubble. They need extra guys. Guys like Jamal Crawford have been signed by the Brooklyn Nets, who will assuredly go nowhere. So don't worry, Nets fans. We got your back on this. So we got to actually jump into the bubble and talk a little bit about this. So the first bit of good news that I want to give now, 
now is that the NBA has reported there have been zero positive tests for the coronavirus since July 20th out of 334 players. That's magnificent. I'm so glad these guys are saying stay, stay, staying safe and healthy. Thank God I can edit that out in the edits. Staying safe and healthy. And hopefully Lou Williams and his experience getting chicken did not cause anyone else to get sick or he did not pick anything else up because the Clippers are going to surely need him. But we got to talk about our favorites. So... Yes, we're New Englanders. We're going to mention the Celtics. But I got to ask you, if you had top four teams and you can choose two from the West, two from the East, who are they for you? Oh, man, that's tough because you know that you know the West, who it is for me. It's the it's the L.A. teams um, for sure. Really? I thought you were going to say Phoenix and Minnesota. Yeah, I don't think they're going to make it. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but I don't, I don't think they're going to go very far. They got a chance. Yeah, Devin Booker and Aiden, maybe. We'll see. Uh, I do like D'Lo and Cat. Uh, no, I like that combo. Like It's it's an interesting combo. But, um, yeah, obviously the clip, the L.A. teams are at West. And then I'm going to cheat a little bit. For the East, it's it's three teams for me. It's the Bucks, Sixers, and Celtics. I know. And I'm going to cheat a little bit just to work those Celtics in. But I think the Sixers are a little underrated, to be honest with you. I mean, Ben Simmons hitting corner threes now. Like, they'll be all right. So just just wait and see. Uh I th- still think – I mean, they were one shot away. They were one amazing Kawhi shot away from, you know, advancing. So, um, I'm going to not jump on any Sixers bandwagon as a Celtics fan. Don't don't get me wrong there. But um, I think you have to squeeze them in as 2A with the Celtics and Bucks. And the reason – I'll just get it over there right now. The Celtics, um, it sounds like this is going to be pretty fast-paced, this bubble. You know, there's going to be a lot of games and a lot of different days. Uh, who's that going to really, you know, give an advantage to is younger teams like the Celtics. So, I'm hoping – that but you know the six is pretty young too but NBA's got his injuries anyways i'm hoping the celtics can take advantage of that and that's why i definitely see them in the top four so i'm gonna do celtics and bucks i'm gonna do the two la teams but i'm gonna put philly right outside that bubble i'm gonna not do that many more times no pun intended I'm gonna put them right <laughs> i know i've already done it a couple times but no i'm gonna put them right outside that because i think they're a little bit underrated i really do okay so this is your bubble and this is where philly is right Outside of it, yeah. right. So for those who can see, this is the bubble, right? Philly's all the way over there for me. They're not even in this conversation. I love Brett Brown, but with the Sixers, they will not win with Ben Simmons and Embiid being their one-two punch. I'm very interested to see how it works with Ben Simmons at the forward because this means Shake Milton will get his chance. And I, at Fox, I was covering the Milton game where he went off against the Clippers here in LA. So I think he does add another dimension that the Sixers can utilize. And I think Simmons will actually be really damn good at the forward position, especially because he can spread the floor just a little bit. I'm going to give him enough credit and say a little bit. So it makes him more of an issue, but he's got the passing ability of guys that play uh, of guys that shouldn't be playing that position. So it will definitely help their offense, but I do not think Philly is a contender. I think they are behind, in my opinion, the Miami Heat and one other team that I'm actually going to put in there. I think it's not the Bucks and the Celtics, actually. I'm going to go one A, one is the Bucks, two and two A are the Celtics and the Raptors. I think the Raptors are heavily undervalued as well, just because, you know, they are the champions. Things are a bit different for them because now they don't have Kawhi and they're also assuming that Pascal Siakam is going to be that guy, right? But I still don't know how that's going to work out in such a shortened postseason. And I, I want to bring up these two points because people also are not noting this enough in that 
Marc Gasol and Kyle Lowry just shed a ton of weight, which is great. It's going to make them a lot better for the team, but you have to get adjusted to that weight. You have to get adjusted to that new body and then get readjusted to this team that you haven't been playing around in so long. So there's a little bit more of a gap and they're also older. So things are a bit different. That point you made about the Celtics is the same point I've made to everyone else. And it also coincides with this other point that defense is easier to shake off the rust from than offense. So these young teams are going to be able to play high defense like the Celtics with Jalen Brown and these guys, as well as score their opponents because the Celtics have already been doing that. I think that the Bucs, for sure, I'm not going to try and discredit them. I think that we're actually overvaluing Giannis and that team a little bit, but that's okay because they were leading the league with a wide margin in terms of wins, and they're that damn good, right? So you got to give them the benefit of the doubt. The Lakers and the Clippers, of course, but I want it known. The Raptors deserve some respect, and Philly does not. Okay. I mean, that's a fair argument. I still don't think the Raptors are going to win, would win last year if it wasn't for those injuries. I think the Warriors had them, even with Kawhi. So, and like I said, there were a couple bounces on that hoop. Are we talking uh, about uh, both injuries or just one? Uh, mainly the Clay one. Yeah, the Clay one where they looked like they were, the momentum was switching back in that series and Clay goes down and, you know, it's all history from there. Uh, although I can't really argue against Kawhi, uh, you know, last year, but he's not there with them anymore. Um, them losing the weight, great. I just, it, it Maybe I'm underrating the Raptors a little bit. I just I just don't see it without Kawhi. I just think they're the basically the same exact team, but without one of the best players in the league. So we'll see. As far as Philly with Ben Simmons, I mean, I see your point. Like when they played the Celtics, I think it was last year, and he got that one rebound late in the game, and he was so scared to get fouled and go to the free throw line. He like put up like a little gimme shot, and missed it terribly. Yep. Like he, they choked in that series. He looked scared. But at some point, you've got to think, as him, if he really wants to be not the likes of LeBron, but one of the best players in the league, he's going to have to make that jump. Will it be this season? I don't know. Will it be, you know, in the bubble? This I'm not sure. I just think eventually he's going to have to make that jump. So I think they're a little scarier than people are giving credit for. But um, I'll put the Raptors up there. I just, uh, if, if, if I'm going either way, I'm going, I'm going Sixers. All right. So then what about the Miami Heat? I mean, I like, I like their dark horse chances. You know, the fact that Jimmy couldn't do it last year with the Sixers is just getting back to Philly. It's, it's a little crazy to me, but that just was a chemistry issue, I think, for the most part. Um, so, and you could blame that on everything else, like Simmons. Uh, I think they're a good dark horse. It's just, how are they going to beat a team with the likes of, you know, like we talked about this before the show. I love Tyler Hero. That's why I wanted for the Celtics. I love guys like that. Um, I think they have a pretty good roster with Bam and all them, but I mean, I just can't put them at the level of guys like LeBron and AD or the Tatum, Kemba, Jalen trio or the Kawhi PG 13. I just, it just, it's hard for me to put them up there as, as much of a dark horse team as they are. It's hard for me to put them in the same conversation. All right. Fair enough. I, I respect that. And I understand it. I think that they are a good team. I think they're going to be one of those pesky harassing teams. You don't want to play them in the first round. No, not at all. They're going to take you to six or seven series. They're like uh they're late two thousands Atlanta Hawks. They're always destined to be anywhere between one, uh, like two and five in the standings. You play them in the first round, and they might win a series in six or seven, or they push you to six and seven, and then they get to the second round, and they're just like gone. Yeah. Or they run into a team like the Celtics. Like they pushed the Celtics that seven-game series with Horford and Josh yep. and Smith. And, you know, they literally almost beat the championship team. So, yeah, I can definitely see them as a team like that. Um Another year, maybe next year too. Another year with progression for sure. They'll be even better. Uh, I don't know who their matchup would be right now in the first round, but I think it's going to be a tough matchup. Whoever gets them, whoever whoever plays them is going to have a nightmare. Oh, for sure, and they're going to get beat up, and it's probably going to go six or seven for sure. So we're talking about nightmares, and that's actually the next part of the conversation that we're getting to. 
The nightmare ends tomorrow, people. The NBA is back. Opening night. 76ers are not playing because they're trash. I had to get that one in there. The Jazz and the Pelicans open up, and then we have the Clippers and the Lakers. No home court advantage. Even if they were in L.A., there wouldn't be. But this is great. We're finally getting basketball back. I am hyped. Zion Williamson will be a game-time decision, though, just so you guys know. He's returned to the bubble. He's putting in the work. He said that he wants to play. It's up to the team, though. But I'm for sure anticipating Zion playing an opening night because that would be terrible for NBA records for opening night. Be terrible to have that. So they need to have him available. You're already opening up with one action-packed game. You might as well open up with another. It's going to be a lot of fun. So we have to talk about this. Jazz Sixers. I mean, why am I saying the Sixers? Jazz Pelicans. Apparently, I guess Ben Simmons missing threes is giving me nightmares. So, so. Jazz Pelicans, opening night. Who you got? I mean, we're assuming Zion's playing? Yes. There's too much there for the NBA to lose if he doesn't. Exactly. I mean, didn't they adjust a lot of what they're doing to try to get Zion some games in here? I'm pretty sure that was good. And to get him in the postseason? <coughs> yeah, in the back of their minds. Although, I'm, we don't have to go there, but I'm a, I'm a John Morant fan all the way. I oh, yeah, know. man. Come on. He might, he might be the best player in this draft long term, uh, but we'll see. Longevity? Uh, yeah, I just think for, you know, a point guard so important in the NBA and Zion's a little positionless. So, um, I just love Morant. So. I think that's an underrated comment. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, he's literally one of the best rookies I've ever seen. Like, in a, in a while, not ever seen. That was strong in yeah. a long, long time. So, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for him for sure. But Zion's going to be up there too. Uh, I don't know, man. That's a tough one. Jazz are just always sneaky, sneaky kind of right there, you know? Yeah. Um, I'll go. I'll go Jazz. I'm going to say they have some redemption. You know, they had a lot of, a lot of crap happen when this, when this whole quarantine coronavirus thing happened. So. Um, I'm, I like Mitchell. Gobert has something to prove, so uh, I'll go Jazz that first game. But if, if Zion plays, uh, it'll be a lot closer for sure because the hype will be. It's just gonna be so tough without the fans. It's like hard to like. You know. It really is. That's the problem. Like you can always factor in home court advantage for these teams, but right, right now it's all neutral territory. And the electricity of Zion, a Zion dunk, like the electricity of taken away from that. I mean, but we're probably going to get into it. I, I think they're doing a good job. I mean, we've seen the game so far. Not bad. It's it's definitely better than all the other sports for sure. So uh, I'm going to go Jazz. It's going to be a close one. That's a, that's a tough first game though for sure. That could go either way. I think that the Jazz will win this because no one wants to get near Rudy Gobert and try and play defense. You got to play. You got to have to run with that joke, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I had to. Come on, man. Come on, just put a bunch of microphones in front of him as defense, and then that'll probably actually do some work. But if we're being serious, I do think that for this game, as much as I think Zion's opening night will be great, I think the Jazz will secure this win. I think Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, and their core is strong and set. They got the veteran leadership and the presence to do so, and not to knock the veteran leadership on New Orleans, but at the end of the day, the Jazz just have more. They have more guys that have been there. And their main headliner isn't a rookie. Exactly. And I yeah, think that's it, the biggest changing factor for these two teams. Yeah, definitely. I think the Pelicans are going to, they're going to be the most watched team in that game. But um, I think the Jazz probably take it over for sure. Cause of the veteran leadership for sure. Oh, a hundred percent. And that leads us to the last of this. It's so sad, but it's so damn good that we have the NBA back. We got to talk about the Lakers and the Clippers opening night. So your two favorite teams, Tyler, who you got winning on opening night? 
Opening night. I'm going to go Lakers. I'm going to go Lakers. Obviously, uh, yeah, I'm going to go the Lakers. And uh, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be a close game. There's no doubt about it. It's going to be back and forth. I just think LeBron, if he's going to come out running, he's going to come out running. So we'll see how he goes. Um, kind of, you know, obviously Lakers lost Bradley. They've, they've had some ups and downs for sure. But um, they're my pick over the Clippers in the playoffs anyway. So I'm going to stick with them in game one. All right. Well, I'll put it like this. To me, I've always said, I've had this written in articles that I've put out, that Lou Williams is the X factor for the Clippers. Having him is a game-changing player. I love Montrez Harrell. I think he's amazing with what he does. I think that the combination of Kawhi and Paul George is going to be great for them. But who has been the most consistently available individual shot maker for the Clippers team has been Lou Williams. He's played 60 games, which is third on the most games played for the Clippers this season. And I think uh, Zubach and... um, uh, Harold have like one or two more games. That's it. And yet Lou Williams has been on a tear. And for me, he will be absent for 10 games, uh, two of which are the actual seating games. And the others are these eight games. And I don't think that the Clippers will be able to win as many games, especially a game against the Lakers without Lou Williams. So I am going to go on opening night. The Los Angeles Lakers will win. And also to note, their additions, look, yes, they lost Bradley. We can talk about Avery Bradley's defense all day. But at at its core, they lost a lot on defense, not a lot offensively other than a spot-up three-point shooter. That's really what they lost. And what did they gain? They gained two guys in Waiters and J.R. Smith, even though they've had Waiters for a minute. They gained two guys that can really create their own shots, separate and harass opposing offenses, uh, do a lot of shot creation on their own, but most importantly, their defense is just adequate enough that together it makes up for at least 60% of what they're going to miss from Avery Bradley. So I think this addition and the fact that the Clippers really are not going to have Lou Will now is going to hurt them. And I think that the Lakers are going to win this game. I do too. And, it, it, and the Lakers are a little bit more consistent too, I just think overall. You think J.R. Smith's going to be on a little bit of a redemption tour? I mean, he's still known as that 2018 timeout for, for the most part. So. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, he can show us what he can do right now, but no one's ever going to forget. We know what happened. The best way to make him forget is to win one, win one with LeBron, I guess. So, I mean, hopefully that'll be his goal. But it won't that? matter, people. Look, I'm, I just, I need to get this off my chest. This NBA season is an asterisk. It's a lot of fun to watch. I'm happy the NBA is back, but it doesn't mean anything. We need an 82-game season where everyone is put on an even playing field from the jump, both health-wise and availability-wise so that we can get a fair, accurate idea of what goes on. Just like in baseball, you have teams that go on 60-game streaks that are super hot, right? The first part of the season, first third of the season, they're super hot, and then they flounder. What we're going to see is the most random team out of the woodwork most likely make it deep in the postseason because they're on a hot streak. And to me, that's not how it works. I'm sorry, NBA fans. It's great to have it back. I'm super happy, but to me... This is basically what amounts to the preseason or the summer league. Oof, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I, it might be because I'm so starved for sports. Like, I'll take anything right now. So I'm okay with whatever they put in front of us. And so far, it's been good. But, I mean, it has to count. Well, I'm just going to look at it as kind of like a lockout year where they started halfway through, even though it's a lot different. The, no, the, the big thing is the no fans. That's just really the big thing. It's like 
home court advantage for some teams like the Celtics is it's, it's going to be kind of gone, but you're going to have to find advantages other places. And there is going to be like a dark horse team, like you just said, that's going to just adjust the best and they're going to adjust the best at this whole environment and do the best. I mean, they're basically staying at Disneyland or wherever uh, on a three months vacation in a hotel room. So whatever young players, whatever type of players can adjust the best, that's going to be the dark horse team. But it's going to count. It has to, and especially if the Celtics win, it's going to count. So, <laughs> so, so it's going to count and I'll take it. There we go, baby. See, when you talk to Celtics fans, we understand. There's no bias. We just understand that legacy's legacy. Kyrie Irving, (laughs) you know, I'm glad you're not in green anymore. No disrespect. I'm happy you're home where you want to be. Thank God you left this locker room in one piece after all. So, as usual... All right, guys, as usual, please give us a like and subscribe on YouTube at Alex Himes. Also, also check me out on social media at HimesLA, H-Y-M-E-S-L-A. And as usual, guys, be safe, stay healthy, wear your masks, wear gloves if you're going to go out to grocery stores, wear eye coverage for those of you that are of that age range where you can get sick. This has been the latest episode of Get It Right. Guys, thank my guest today, please. Tyler James, please give him your names. Shout him out. Tyler James NBA, Instagram and Twitter. Give me a follow. Got some exciting stuff coming up for the NBA. So hit me up over there. All right. So let's do this enthusiastically. Tyler James NBA, baby. Go check him out. Links in the description below. Catch the latest episodes of Get It Right up here on my channel. Catch the latest episodes of Don't At Me, Courtside Ready, or all the other nonsense. And as usual, guys, thank you again. And we'll catch you next week.